What's good, y'all? Your boy Brandon back again, another episode of the On Run Podcast. This week, I got my boy Alan in the studio, and our special guest this week is none other than C's, founder of Urban Necessities, up, also founder of uh, Board Printing. Um, done a few business before, so if you guys have seen any of the stickers we've done, um, I think you've also made the t-shirt I'm wearing right now for Coveted, right? I did. Yeah, so welcome in, man. Happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So yeah, we've been talking about getting this episode going for for a little while now. I remember I pulled up on you when randomly, I think I saw somebody's story and I had already been thinking about getting stickers made for the podcast and I saw some that you made um, and I actually saw a shirt. It was like an X-Men shirt that you made with the metallic, um, yeah, the metallic ink on the shirt and I was like, well, that's badass. So yeah, I remember I, I, I DM'd you and I placed the order and I pulled up on you and I just remember like, I was expecting to go in there and someone to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have it done, whatever, whatever, leave. But you were actually, like, one of the coolest people. You showed me so much love, and I pulled up on you, and then you were like, yeah, yeah, let me just show you the whole, like, operation. You took me in the back. You showed me everything. We had a good conversation. And I think that speaks to who you are as a person. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always, like, happy to work with people like that. So I appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Yeah, I think you placed an order. You came in. I think we were, like, in the middle of something. Yeah. And uh, you were probably expecting somebody to like be behind a desk or say, hey, yeah, like, we'll yeah. get back to you. And I didn't even know who you were. I didn't even know you had a podcast. So I think this was a couple months ago, if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah. like a couple months in for us. So we were still like setting everything up. We didn't really have everything running the way we, was, we have it running now. And uh, I just gave you a little tour, showed you a little bit about what we had going on, and it led to this. So. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And I've been seeing you slowly grow uh, on Instagram, seeing all the work that you're doing, upgrading your equipment. You just got some new stickers in, so be on the lookout for those. Um, came out super badass, but I want to get started kind of all the way in the past. So can you give us a little bit about like, who you are, where you grew up, how you grew up, kind of that little backstory? Okay. Um a lot of you guys watching this might know me from Urban Necessities. So I am one of the three founders of Urban Necessities. Uh, we started in October of uh, 2014. Um, we didn't really have it planned. So the way that came about is um, I was actually working at Amazon and um, I had a lot of free time on my hands. I actually got laid off Amazon. Okay. I had a lot of free time, and I just uh, I stumbled across a Facebook group called Vegas Sneakerheads. Right. And this was around the time, like, I started getting into sneakers, and I'm like, man, I have a lot of free time. Like, I, I got to figure out a way to make some money. So I would go on this Facebook group called Vegas Sneakerheads, and I would notice that a lot of the sneakers being sold on there were, like, a lot cheaper than, like, eBay or Flight Club, if you guys are familiar yeah, with Yeah, yeah. So what I started doing is I would go on, uh, on this Facebook group, and I would just start buying shoes. I started buying shoes, meeting people, um, just all around the city. And I was selling them on eBay. I was selling. I was sending them to Flight Club, and I started making some money, right? And then um, that's when I met JC. He just reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, man, like, I see you get a lot of shoes. Like, let me help you sell them." And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I don't really know you. I don't really <laughs> trust you. Like, who is yeah, this guy?" Yeah. But I would always see this guy at like the sneaker releases, right? So I'm like, you know what? Like, it's fine. Like, here's 10 pairs. Like, this is what I want back. Sell them. And then like, when you sell them, like, like come back. Like, I'll So you were, you were basically like a sneaker dealer at that point. Right. Like, yeah. I was buying stuff and then he was selling it for me. Right, right. So like, we did a couple deals where like, I just pulled up to his house. I was like, yo, here's 20 pairs of shoes. This is what I want for them. Like, call me when you sell them and this is what I'm getting like this. You keep whatever on top. So we did a couple deals. They went smooth. Um, then we started doing a couple of the sneaker shows. Like we started going to these shows called uh, kind of like sneaker con, but it's called dunk exchange. Right. We went to those where we basically took all our shoes. We sold them and it went really well. Um, we had some friends that were helping us with it. And how old were you at the time? So this was in 2014. So I was like 20. Like twenty, so it's still kind of still kind of young. I'm yeah. thirty-one now, so I was I was a little young. Um, so we we had this friend, um, and he saw what we were doing. He was helping us, and he was like, "Hey man, like, I told my dad about you guys. Like, like he wants to help you guys like grow grow the business." 
And for the dad, it was more like, I want to help you guys like grow your business, but I want to teach my son how to do it. Right. Right. So the whole deal was like, hey, I'm going to teach you guys like I'm going to help you guys set up a store. I'm going to help you like create your LLC. I'm going to like set up your, your point of sale. Like I'm going to set you guys up where you guys can have a legitimate store. So dad helped us out, like find a location, helped us like with all the legal stuff, which I knew nothing about at the time. Right. And um, when we actually opened the store, like the kid didn't really like, he didn't really want to work. So maybe like two weeks in, like we, we, we kind of separated, right? Like we just knew it wasn't going to work out. Um, so two weeks in, I'm like, man, I have no job. I have a business and like, we have to figure it out. So we, we just went with it. We, we, we had the store, we had no employees because we couldn't pay ourselves. We had no money and we just started selling shoes. And how, how long did it take till you actually started seeing like, Okay, I think we can actually make this a legit business because at the beginning, I'm sure you had your doubts like you knew you wanted it because it was something that you were passionate about. But I'm sure being especially being 20, like you don't know, you don't really know what you're getting into. You know, it's kind of just like figure it out as you go. So how far how long did it take until you were like, okay, I think we're, we can get something like real legit going here. Um, I think maybe like a year in. Like it wasn't until maybe like like we maybe like nine months to a year in, where we started getting customers to shop with us. We started getting customers to to trust us with their sneakers. Um, that I was like, okay, like I think we're onto something. I think in the beginning, like there was a lot of fear because it's like, man, like we're not making any money. Like I still have bills to pay. Like right. I still had a mortgage, and. All I knew was I was working 12, 13 hours a day and I was going home with like nothing in my pocket. Right. So I think like this was around the time like Instagram was still new. So we would go on Instagram and we'd make these like funny videos, right? Of us like with the shoes or just, just like funny stuff just to kind of get interactions. Or I remember I would go on all the different Facebook groups, like all the different sneaker Facebook groups, like throughout the country i would go in there i would introduce myself hey how's it going guys i'm my name is c's i'm one of the owners of urban necessities we do consignment we sell shoes this is our store and i would do that every day and introduce myself because i'm like hey well we live in vegas people travel right eventually some of these people are gonna like, end up are here. gonna see this post and come when they travel and i remember like when i would do that a lot of people would talk shit they're like hey like why are you posting here? We live in, this is a sneaker store and a sneaker group in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's ever going to go see you. Yeah. But I was like very consistent. Right. And the reason I was very consistent is because I had no other choice and I had a lot of free time. Right. And then over time, as you know, as the year went by and we would have like the summer league or like uh, spring, uh, spring or like Christmas, a lot of these customers would come in and say, Hey man, like, I saw your Facebook group in my local uh, Facebook post in Wisconsin. Yeah. And like now I'm here and I had a great experience. You guys have good prices. So it wasn't until I'm like, until like I saw that, that I'm like, oh man, like people are actually paying, paying attention. Like people are, people actually care. Right. So over time we just started building our relationships until like we caught our regulars. And then I'm like, okay, well, I think we might be onto something. Yeah. And then I remember it kind of turned into because Urban Necessity was really like the first sneaker like shop, like just dedicated to sneakers that kind of blew up. And then you had like the um, the machines where people would just line up and then the campouts too on all like the, the anniversaries and all that kind of stuff. So I remember seeing that kind of all bubble up. But how was it like being behind the scenes of that? Like how chaotic did it get? What kind of like. I don't know what lessons did you learn going through all those things. Well, it was it was very hard in the beginning for a couple of reasons, right? Well, first, I don't want to say we were the first sneaker store inside of a mall. Yeah. But we were one of the first. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. We opened this in 2014, so it was very different times. Like the idea of like you going into a local mall and buying some sneakers that are like sold out, like it wasn't a thing, right? Like back in the day, either you went to the mall when the shoes came out. 
you got a ticket and and you bought them like that day yeah. or you had to go to flight club or ebay and yep. buy them right and if you were going to flight club like you were paying a lot yeah so just the business model itself of like reselling sneakers and only making we were charging 10 percent consignment fee at the time it was unheard of like a, a lot of like a lot of people actually told us hey like you guys should shut down and like go back to your regular jobs while you can like this isn't gonna work your margins are too low and like just the market isn't there so i feel like we were some of the first pioneers that actually took like the step to say hey like we're gonna make this mainstream so it was very scary because there was no blueprint there was no way to do it right now it's very different like now it's like you want to open a sneaker store okay you just find a local mall you go buy the top 20 sneakers and you mark them up 100 bucks yeah like, that's it and when we started like my my own the only jobs that i've had is i used to work at amazon and i used to work at a car wash and i used to work at a car rental place right so i went from that to just being a regular employee to like now managing employees and like running inventory and like i didn't know how to do any of this right right so it was all just trial and error what was the most difficult thing to learn you would say um everything everything <laughs> was like difficult to learn yeah um like i said since this was like a new business there was no blueprint for it like we kind of had to figure out everything as we went right so like everything from like because it, it was a consignment store right so everything from like so essentially we had two customers right one the first customer was the guy that would come in drop off the shoes and say hey here's my pair of jordan ones this is what i'm going to sell it for and this is what i'm what i'm going to get paid back right we take the shoe in we'd put it in the system we'd inventory it and then another customer would come in and buy it right so the most difficult part was like setting up a process saying hey look like this is how everything happens from step one to step 100 right customer comes in you guys agree on a price you do paperwork you get a copy he gets a copy and then the second customer buys it so the most difficult part was just figuring it out like we didn't we didn't really know what we were doing and once you streamlined that whole process did it become easier to do on a daily basis was there still some struggles um, yeah it definitely became easier um because once we streamlined the process we were able to put employees in place that were able to help us with like the day-to-day -day task so it did become a lot easier but even when we streamlined it we always asked ourselves okay this is how we this is the way we do things how can we make it faster how can we make it more efficient it wasn't until things went wrong that we're like okay well maybe we shouldn't do things like this like what's a more efficient way so it did become a lot easier were there any like major mess ups like any time like something just catastrophic happened uh, or, like that was a headache yeah i mean there was mess ups all the time like for example like when we first started doing consignment we would do everything on paper okay right? yeah. like literally like a piece of paper like a contract so every time you brought in a shoe you have to fill out a contract with the, your first name last name address the price we're going to sell your stuff at and then like what your payout is right so every time you wanted to change the price you have to send an email i have to go find that paper change the price find the shoe retag it and then change it in the system so it was very very inefficient so there was a lot of times where like people would say hey like i want to raise my price because market on the shoe went up we wouldn't see the email in time or like it wouldn't get tagged and like we'd sell it for less and have to come out of pocket like there was a ton of times where we made errors okay until you know we once we made enough errors we're like hey well we should probably find a more efficient way to do this right and then transitioning out of that i guess how did the transition come from you taking a step back from being with um with un and then moving into board printing which is what you do now uh, well i left un like two years ago mm -hmm. um and the re part of the reason why i left un is like i just wanted more free time i mean you got to keep in mind it was six years of like working non-stop yeah all day every day like no time off and even when i wasn't at the shop like i was at the shop phone you know, calls my, emails all my, that my phone could never go without service right like if my if i ever went somewhere and i had no service i would have anxiety attacks because i'm like oh man i don't know if i'm gonna get a phone call 
I don't know if the place is on fire and I gotta I gotta <laughs> be the one that answers. Yeah. So when COVID happened, right? When COVID happened, I had like everything was closed, right? So I never had that much free time, right? It's like, man, like I, I don't have to go to work today. Like everything's closed. And it wasn't until COVID happened that I'm like, man, like, let me go travel. Let me go hang out with family. So during COVID, like I, like I was going to Mexico. I was going to the East Coast. I was traveling with friends. And I'm like, man, like, I really like this. I don't want to go back to, to work. And, you know, I, I decided to leave. And even when I left, like, I'm still very close friends with the other co-founders, Jay and Joni. Um, so after leaving, I took a whole year off. And by what I mean by taking a year off is like for a year straight, I traveled. I literally traveled the world for a whole year with some of my best friends. I went to Mexico, I went to Puerto Rico, I went to Spain for like two weeks. Uh, I was in New York back and forth at least once a month. And um, after that, I'm like, okay, like, like what's next? And the way that I got into screen printing is one of my good friends, uh, Uriel, which happens to be my business partner, he would always complain about like, every time he needed to get merch done for a shop, how bad of an experience he was having, right? And by bad, it was like the turnaround times were crazy. Um, you know, sometimes he would want to put in an order for shirts and it'd be like, you'll have it and you maybe have it in a month. Yeah. The prices were crazy. Um, and it was just an overall bad experience. And I'm like, hey, well, I have a little bit of free time. I'll have a little bit of money put away. Like, why don't we just start a shop? And um, we kept talking about it. And then, you know, I, I was like, hey, well, let me go look at warehouses. I found a warehouse down the street from my house. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, the second spot we looked at. I'm like, yeah, this is the one. And that was, like, nine months ago. So I... I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had zero experience in that industry. And it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's been fun. And have you have any of the skills that you kind of picked up working at the UN or, or sort of like throughout the years before you started printing? Did you carry any of those skills that kind of now help you out? Yeah, a lot of those skills. Um, one of those skills is uh, how to be a good manager how to communicate with uh, not only your staff, but with customers, how to like have a process. I feel like when I was at UN, like I failed a lot and I did everything the hard way because I didn't know how to, I didn't have anyone to teach me to do things the right way. So I definitely took a lot of the, a lot of the hardships, a lot of the lessons that I learned in UN. And I feel like because I've made so many mistakes, it's made, it's made this business uh, kind of like fast forward a lot faster versus if this was like my first business. I think that you got a lot of the failures out with the right. previous business so that right. now it's a little bit easier. Even though we're a new business with the print shop, it's not my first business. Right. So like I know how to talk to people, you know, I know how to handle employees. Um, and I feel like that alone has helped us a lot. Right. And I remember specifically one of the conversations we had when I did go there the first time, you were telling me about how you had you had interacted with so many people throughout your time at the UN that now, because they knew you as a person, not necessarily like as a businessman, people were coming to you with their business, even though you were a new shop that was probably inexperienced. And even though you, I remember specifically, you told me like, yeah, they don't even ask my prices. They're just like, yeah, we'll do business with you. So how much did it mean to kind of carry all those connections over from, from your time with the UN? Um, and this is something that I didn't realize until recently. Like when I was at UN, I was doing like part of the consignment, right? So meaning that I would be the person that would get to interact with, with you if you were coming in to like, sell your shoes or like drop them off for consignment. So during the six years that I was there, I made a lot of friendships. Like I dealt with different people every single day. And I was just, I was just a good person to everyone. And I feel like now that I've started a new business, a lot of the people that I interacted during those six years, whether it was somebody that came in, bought a t-shirt, somebody that came in, 
bought a shoe or dropped off a shoe or somebody that I met at a sneaker show in some random city across the country, I maintain those relationships. So now when I'm like, hey guys, like I do shirts, right? A lot of those people are coming back to me, not because I have the best price or the best quality, because they fuck with me as a person, right? And it was it's not until like now that I'm like, oh man, like this guy that I met at a sneaker show five years ago remembered me and we maintained friends. Now he wants me to do stickers for him. Right. So I feel like like looking back, that was like the biggest takeaway is those relationships that I made within those six years. For sure. Uh, I want to take a little bit of a step back and ask you sort of like your one year traveling. What was it like having that freedom to just explore and have no worries? And specifically, you said you went to Spain. How was it like being like on the other side of the world? Was that your first time traveling like that far away? Yeah, that was my first time. Um, it was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, I think at the time I was just surrounded by a lot of very successful people. And the thing that I noticed about like a lot of my friends, like especially like my friends that are a lot more successful than me is they, they just, they have the freedom to like pick up and go. Mm. Right. Like I remember like talking to one of my friends and she kept telling me about how like great Spain was in Europe. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then one day she was like, hey, like I'm going in two weeks. Like you want to come? Like we, we have a spot for you. And I'm like, Spain? Like that's crazy. Like I've never gone that far. Yeah. Like I don't even know if my passport is still valid. <laughs> right. So I was like, cool. Like, like what do I got to pay? Like what do I do? Like let's go. And like, like going to Spain was great because it, it's like, like the easiest way to explain it, the way I explain it to my friends, it's like going to Mexico, but it's a lot cleaner and nicer <laughs> and everything is like 10 times better and yeah. people know how to behave and people don't act a fool. Yeah. Um, I remember this other time in that same year, I, we took like a week long road trip. We went from like, we flew to Orlando and then we drove down all the way to like the Key West, like a week long just because. Yeah. Um, I remember this other time, one of my friends was like, hey, man, I, I'm going to Puerto Rico in three days. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Puerto Rico. It was Hawaii. I'm going in like three days. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I have nothing going on. Like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Um, so it's been great, like traveling, getting to meet people, um, like having the freedom. So I, I feel like that whole year that I took off, it really opened up my eyes to like the possibilities you know, and I, I feel like everyone should take a little bit of time to travel while they're young, you know, like before you have kids or get married, because you get to see how people live. You get to see like just the world. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah. I feel like that really that really helped me out a lot. For sure. Yeah, I remember like some of my first times traveling. It's almost surreal because you read about these places in books or you see them in movies and you're like, I'm never going to be there. And then you like stand in front of, I don't know, I don't know where in Spain you were, but you stand in front of like these buildings and you're just like, how is this place even real? Like compared like, to I even like, we stayed in Madrid for a couple okay. of days. Mm -hmm. So our hotel used to be a palace. Yeah. So like, like it was just, it was just crazy. Like I remember like going out for a walk in the middle of the night, it was like midnight. And all the bars are open. There's old lady walking. There's old ladies walking around with like their Louis Vuitton bags, like no crime. And I'm like, man, this, this wouldn't fly back home. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's insane. So it, it was great. What did that freedom mean for you? Like looking forward now, like when you were in your, um, the freedom is just having the ability to just pick up and go. Having the ability to pick up and go without asking questions, without asking for permission, without having to schedule your day off months in advance, without having to check in with anybody. Um, so it, it was it was great. Do you think that kind of defined the way you structure your business now, kind of compared to the UN? Yeah, yeah, because when I was at UN, it was like I had to physically be there 24-7. And even when I wasn't there, like my mind was still there. 
right? And I feel like this business that like I'm building with my friend, my business partner, uh, I'm I want to I want to build a system where I can structure it where like right now I'm there every day, right? I'm making sure that everything's running smooth, quality's great, like everything has to run a certain way, right? But I want to structure it in a way where it could be a machine and it could run itself and I don't have to be there. So like ideally like that's the goal within the next year where I can have a business that runs itself where whether I show up or not it's still going to run the same. So I'm building it with that in mind. And how long are you working there right now? How long? Yeah. I mean 10 hours, 12 hours. But I mean it's not really work most of the time. A lot of times I'm just there checking up on the staff, making sure everything's good. Um, so now like less and less, a lot of times like I work from home, but it's not like work, work, you know? So it's it's really easy going. How many employees do you have currently? So right now, two, uh, we have like, there's a lot, five of us. Okay. And that's including you and your business partner. Right, okay. right. And how big do you think, I'm assuming you want to eventually scale it up. How, f like, how far away from you are, how far away from that are you currently? Um, well, we've been open around nine months. And I feel like every month we're, like, either getting new equipment or, like, getting bigger orders. Um, it, it's hard to say. Like, the way that I see it within five years, when you think of, like, hey, I need to get shirts done, I need to get merch done, I need to get stickers done, like, I want to be in the top five, right? Like I want, I want board printing to come up when you say, Hey, I need to get some merch done. Where do I go? So whatever the top five looks like, like that needs to be us. And that's going to be us. That's the, that I remember we had a conversation and you said like you wanted to do, um, basically sort of link it so that when people purchase something online, you would get the order and you would fulfill it. Right. So we're actually launching this in like the next two weeks. We're going to okay. do a print on demand service. Okay. So basically now like my demographic is like young kids that want to start, that want to like start a brand. Right. Right. Whether it's just an idea or whether you have like your full brand ready to go. I want to be the guy that you go to and say, Hey, I have an idea of what I want to do. I need some help. I need some help designing stuff. I need some help printing stuff. I have a Shopify website where I sell t-shirts. I need somewhere that can print them and fulfill them for me. Like that's going to be me. Okay. Right. So we're going to launch a print on demand service. And this is basically where you have a Shopify account or an Etsy account or an eBay account and you sell stuff. And as your stuff sells, we print it and we ship it on your behalf. So now, you know, if you're a graphic designer and you, and you design clothes, all you have to do is you design it, you upload it to your website. We print it and ship it for you. So it's a win for everybody. We're still kind of like looking into like a lot of the, like a lot of the details. Right. But we're probably going to launch that in like the next two weeks. Okay. So it's pretty, it's going to be a pretty new kind of, not business model, but a pretty new yeah. service, I think. Um, there's a, there's other shops that do it. Um, like I have a friend on the East coast that has mm. like, that's her main business. But she deals more with like cups and mugs and pillows. So we want to be the go-to for streetwear. Okay. And how big is that operation going to get? Because I can imagine sort of like a conglomerate where you have a full service of like graphic designers. So like not only do you help brands, but you're like, hey, if you need help creating new concepts, creating new logos, new designs, like come to us. We'll take care of that too. And we'll take care of the printing and we'll take care of the shipping. So like how big do you want to scale it up? Do you want to keep it just printing or do you want to do like all that other stuff as well? Um, it's hard to say like printing is always going to be the main thing. Right. Right. I think what's going to determine like what we do is going to be whatever the culture demands. Right. So I think part of the reason why a lot of these younger kids are coming to us to help them with their brand is because we're, we try to be up to date with all the latest trends. Right. So like one of the latest trends right now is everybody wants oversized prints. Right. Right. So that's one thing that we do. We do oversized prints when it comes to the stickers. We're like one of the few people in the city that has like a UV printer that can do uh, stickers with like 3D. Right. Um, 
when it comes to embroidery, like we're actually gonna launch our embroidery like in two weeks. So if there's a hot trend, we're on it. So let's say in six months, there's a new trend where it's like rhinestones on a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm all over it. Yeah. Right? Like I'm here to cater to to the people, whatever they want. So it's hard to say what that looks like in one year or five years, but whatever it is, like we're on top of the latest trends. I feel like that's one of the advantages you have coming from that like sneaker and streetwear background is you kind of are tapped in with the culture because I would say like you're probably one of like the grandfathers of that kind of movement here in the city just because you spent so much so many years working in that industry. Whereas other people who might say like, oh, yeah, there's money to be made in printing. They might not have been in that industry. They're just like, all right, yeah, I guess we'll print. But they're not really tapped in 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 terms of knowing like, okay, this is where things are going. This is where they were. This is where they're going. Let me buy this machine. Let me buy that machine because it looks like people are going to be interested in this kind of print or something like that, you know? And I think for me, like, well, for us, it's a little different because the stuff that we print, like we wear. I wear all the shirts. I wear the streetwear. I wear the oversized shirts. So, like, it's kind of like second nature. Right. Know? Yeah. And how has it been, like, seeing the next generation of, like, sneaker shop entrepreneurs? We have, like, Coveted, which is run by your little brother. Uh, bring it back um, with Giovanni, who was a guest on the show previously. How has it been, like, seeing them and kind of now, like, I don't know if you're like mentoring them, but they obviously like you do work with them because they get their stuff printed with you. How has it been seeing them come up and sort of like the, the younger generation kind of like not overtake, but like, you know, come up as like the, the, the future of right. like that movement? Well, a lot of the locals like I'm personally friends with all of the sneaker shops in the city. Like I can walk into any sneaker store in the city and personally like say hi to the owner. Like I know all of them. So it's been really good because. Like for us, I feel like we set the blueprint. We did the hard part. Yeah. Because before we came along, like I said, the idea of like walking into a mall and buying a shoe that's like not at Foot Locker sitting on the shelves was like unheard of, right? So I think once we did it, a lot of these younger kids are like, man, like if these guys can do it, we can do it, right? So a lot of these business, a lot of these um, store owners, like they were either like customers of mine or there were people that I used to sell shoes to. Or they were um, like, like just kids when we first started. So like seeing people like Giovanni would like bring it back in like three stores, like that's fucking great. Yeah. Like my little brother, right? That would like take my shoes and wear them and <laughs> whatever to like yeah. now having two stores, like that's cool, you know. Or like my other friend uh, Dom from Correct, mm-hmm. like I helped him set up his whole point of sale so he can get started. Like he used to be one of my consigners. And I remember back in the day, he was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to scrape up a little bit of money together and, like, I want to open a store. Like, can you help me? So it's been really humbling, like, watching these kids, like, not only ask for help, but, like, now, like, take it to the next level, right? Like, not only with one store, with, like, multiple stores. So I feel like we paved the way, but it's, I, I mean, I love to see it. And, like, a lot of these kids, like, are f- like because we have that friendship they're coming to me for shirts yeah you know so it's great open more stores yeah. sell more shirts <laughs> you, you know so yeah, I, yeah. I, I love to see it i love to see yeah. it especially like bring it back just celebrated their sixth year anniversary i seen like you printed all their their line yeah. all their shirts shorts all that stuff uh well they got the shorts done somewhere else but uh all their shirts came from okay. us okay yeah and it's funny about that because when when I started my print shop back in like October, I actually reached out to Giovanni and I'm like, hey man, look, like I started a print shop, like let me let me print your shirts, like I'll hook you up, like we'll make your design, we'll print it, like I'll give you a better price. And he was like, all right, man, like yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up, I'll hit you up. So for six months, it was me asking, like, hey yeah. man, like, <laughs> fuck with me, fuck yeah. with me, I'll do it faster, I'll do it better, I'll do it cheaper. And I feel like that's how it was for so many different customers. So it wasn't until like recently that he's like, hey, man, like I got this event coming up, like let's work together. So I'm very thankful that he reached out and he decided to work with us because, I mean, he didn't have to go with us. Right. He could have gone anywhere else. Like I'm not the only guy that prints shirts, but I'm just very thankful that he gave me the opportunity. So like the whole time I'm like, hey, guys, like this has to look great. 
no mistakes like everything has to be folded a certain way everything has to be boxed up a certain way because he's got multiple stores everything needs to be labeled so like it, it was a great experience and like i said i'm very thankful that he came to us he didn't have to come to us for sure what's like the the funnest project you've had the chance to work on um the funnest project that i've had a chance to work on well there was a few uh the bring a back stuff was really fun because it was one of our biggest orders um, I think those guys ordered like 1,400 shirts or something. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Insane. Um, we actually got to do some stuff for Urban Necessities when they opened their store in Crystals. Mm-hmm. I think it was in February. Um, Jay called me. He was like, hey, like we're opening up the store. I think it opened like in, in two weeks or something. Like these guys sent me a design. I don't really like it. If you can come up with something better in a couple hours, we'll go with you and then we'll print it through you. So we actually did like a box logo with mm-hmm. like it was an Urban Necessities box logo with like the Simon's the Simon Mall logo in the background mm. and like gold letters in the back. So that was very fun because it was like one of our first projects like with Urban Necessities. Right. Um, another fun project that we actually we're actually starting it tomorrow. We've been working on it for like a couple weeks is we got a phone call from this customer and they're like, hey, we want to print 5000 T-shirts. Can you guys do it? So I'm like, wow. yeah, yeah, we, we, we could do it. We yeah. could do it. And this was like a month ago when we got the phone call when at the time, like our biggest order was like 700 shirts. Yeah. You so. know, so to randomly get a phone call like that. And this is for a big sunglass company. So these guys are like corporate and everything's done like legit. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was very fun because it kind of like pushed the envelope. Um, and it was completely new to us. Um, another fun project was actually this shirt that I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the Golden Knight shirt. So um, we actually designed this shirt, we printed it, and we put it on our website within 24 hours. Wow! Right? I yeah. think it was the the night before they played the game that, the final that won game. The, yeah. the final game. So I told my partner, I'm like, hey, like we should probably make a shirt for this. Like these guys are probably gonna win. Right. And let's just let's make make me a dope design, like make it like this. So within 24 hours, we designed it. We put it on a website and we 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 printed it. I think we printed like 150 shirts. We ran a couple ads and within three days we sold out. So we actually did a reprint of like another 100 something shirts. So this was like by far our best selling tee. Um, and it was all like on the whim. So that was like pretty fun. Like we weren't expect. Like I'm like cool. Like if we sell 20 shirts, you know, like it'll be cool. And the rest, or whatever, give them away or something. <laughs> yeah. So they all sold out really well. Yeah. And do you plan on doing that in the future? Like, if you ever just come up with a random idea or like you know. Yeah, I mean, if like if there's ever like an event or something, or like if the Raiders ever win, like we'll make a shirt. Hopefully. Know? <laughs> not looking too good but hopefully but i mean that that's like the fun part about right. having a whole team right we can do and print anything right if there's uh, like i don't know if there was an event tomorrow of something big i can say hey let's let's do a shirt like this right that same day we can we can print it like we have a whole production team yeah that that can print it i have a whole graphic design team that can print what like design whatever so I think that's like the fun part, like being able to like having the ability to just make and create anything. And outside of like sneakers, outside of printing, stepping outside of all of that, what do you enjoy doing like in your day to day? Like, do you have any hobbies? Like, do you have any interests? Like what, what, um, what piques your interest? My interest is just hanging out with friends, Yeah. making connections, traveling. Like, and I feel like for me, like the whole print shop, even though I'm there all day, every day, it doesn't really feel like a job because all of my customers are my friends. So it's fun for me, right? It's fun for me when I get a phone call and says, hey, C's, I have an event coming up in two weeks. I need a shirt. I'm like, okay, well, let, let's, let's, let's mock up some ideas. Like, let's, let's design something. So all day, every day, I'm interacting with my friends. So that within itself doesn't feel like a job. So that's kind of like my hobby, 
But outside of that, I mean, I like to travel. I like to get out of town. Just really spend time with friends and family. That's really, like, fun for me. Mm-hmm. I see what's, that. What's the smallest order you've ever received? The smallest order? I mean, we've done stuff like one order or just, like, one big sticker. Um, it's funny because when we started, we were so slow and, like, we had no work that we we actually started doing like a we had like a sale where it was like you would get a hundred three by three stickers for like 25 bucks oh wow right and it was more just to like like we would make no money on it but it was more like to to like have work to basically, have work yeah, have something to and do. and it was like hey man like and hope that the person buying it would like leave us a google review yeah because i'm like hey well at least if we made no money but we gained a customer and a Google review. It's a win. So that's how it was for like the first few months. Like we were, we just needed work. Like we were willing to work for like next to nothing. I would reach out to my friends and say, Hey, I started a print shop. If you need shirts, like we'll design it for you. Like I'll fold them for you. I'll bag them for you. Like, <laughs> I'll let, go me to just, your st- let me just get yeah. your business. I'll go to your store and sell like, them for I'll you. I'll drop yeah. them off for you. And, and that's how it was in the beginning. I mean, really, that's how it was up until like two months ago, like once we started getting busy. When you first started your business, did you think, did you have any doubts that this business would be as good as you went or do you think you could surpass it? Uh, No. Like, I always knew in my head that like it was going to be big. Like, we're not big yet, so I don't want you guys to think that we're big. But like ever since I started, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to put up the money and put up the time for this, it has to be great. Cause if it's not great, like I'll just, it's not, I'll just stay home and like not do anything. Um, and I still have that vision. I still know it's going to be great. I don't know how we get there, but I just know that we get there where it's great. Like I said, in the next five years, like we have to be top five hands down. What do you think are going to be like the biggest obstacles to overcome, to get to that top five? The biggest obstacles, um, the biggest obstacle is going to be how to like learning how to scale the business without um, sacrificing the quality or the experience. Right. Right. Because when it comes to this business, like anybody can take orders, right? I can run a sale, make phone calls and get a bunch of orders, but it's not about like taking the most orders. It's about like treating every single customer like they matter, yeah. right? Treating every single customer like, like it's their first and last time shopping with you. So the biggest obstacle is like, man, how do I scale this? But I need every single order treated as if it, like if I was handling it. So building a system where I have staff, where they get treated well, where they actually care about their job, you know? So I think that's by far the biggest obstacle is learning to scale it with and maintaining the quality. Do I screen the employees? Um, I, I've gone through a few employees. Um, we've, we've done a little bit of screening, but everybody that's there now has been with me for like the last six months. And I've actually like been looking to hire someone else just to kind of help with like a, le- a lot of the day to day. But I'm like, man, like this is going to be hard because I don't want to hire somebody and then fire them the next week. So I don't know, maybe in like the next week or so, like I bring on another person. You guys heard first, submit your application. And <laughs> send in your resumes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like, I, I'm really just looking for somebody that like, like I don't just want to be somebody's boss. Right. Where it's like, all right, I come in, I do my hours and, you know, I go home and get a paycheck. Like I, I really want to look somebody, I really want to find somebody that I can bring on and kind of mentor them and mold them to where like one day they can just run a certain department, right? So maybe like some young kid fresh out of high school that's like willing to put in the work that can like, I don't know, that maybe wants to build a brand that I can help them somehow, some way. Um, so it's, it's just, it's hard finding good people. So I don't know, maybe in the next two weeks I have somebody new on the team. Yeah. When this podcast comes out, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you guys need a job, you know, hit me. Uh, for sure. Um, got any more questions? Um, 
you know uh when you were talking about traveling so uh me personally i haven't really traveled that much but that's something been a goal of mine especially for this year um anything that when you first started traveling anything that kind of stuck out to you something that you were like hey you know i should do this or i should look on to these countries i want to go visit um i don't think there's anything that stood out i would just say go as farthest travel as farthest like as far as you can and just go somewhere like completely like out of your comfort zone just like whatever looks completely different than your current life like i remember um we went to puerto rico well this was like my second time going to puerto rico and it was my friend's first time going to puerto rico so he was in charge of like finding the hotel and like you know like car rental and all that stuff right and so this guy like wanted to go cheap so he found this Airbnb in Puerto Rico, but it was like on the other side of the island where it was like not so pretty. <laughs> so every day we'd have to drive like from one side to another, but it was like driving to the, where our Airbnb was, was kind of like in the hood. Yeah. And just like driving back every day or like driving from it every day. And it was like just watching how people live. It's like, man, like these people live in like, like little shacks. It, it was really shocking to me, like, how people live. And it, like, for me, it just made me realize, like, man, I'm thankful I got AC in my house. I'm thankful I got a roof that I don't have to worry about, like, is this thing going to collapse? Or leaks. If it's raining today or leaks. Yeah. So being, like, I got to see a lot of the, like, the not-so-pretty parts of the island. So I think it was great. Because when you travel, like, people make it seem like it's all nice. Like, it's not. So I would say, like, if you do get a chance to go somewhere far, like, do a lot of the things that, like, locals do, you know? Is there anywhere, like, that's on your bucket list still that you want to see? Um, I want to go to Japan only because there was a sneaker con that happened yeah, in Japan like two weeks ago. And I had the opportunity to go, but I couldn't go because of, like, the shop. And a lot of my friends went, and everyone said it was great. So Japan would be dope. Japan or, like, Hong Kong. For sure. That's definitely, like, maybe, like, next year or something. That would be dope. Looking back on, like, your whole, I guess I would call it career, what are you most proud of? What's, like, the one thing that sticks out, and you're like, that's what I'm most proud of? Um, the, I, I don't know. Uh, well, one of the things I'm most proud of is, like, the relationships that I've maintained with, like, all of the people that I've met. And the fact that, like, I've been doing this for so long, and it's like, you can ask every single person that I've interacted with, whether it be a customer or, like, anyone or someone that I've done business with, and you can ask anybody and everybody, and, like, my name is good, like... I've never done anyone wrong. I don't know anybody money. I could go to sleep good at night knowing that like my name is good. And I feel like that has allowed me to grow my current business as fast as it has. And when like this business is where I want it to be, I'll start another business. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but by far, like, I'm very proud of, like, all of the relationships that I've made. Yeah, I think that's a true testament to, like, who you are as a person. And I think that's a really underrated skill in business just because a lot of people are so quick to jump at money or jump on an opportunity. And they'll step on whoever they need to step on to get to where they want to be. But that kind of that burns a lot of bridges and that kind of, like, screws you over in the future, yeah. you know? So I think that really speaks to who you are as a person. And in the few interactions I've had with you, like I, I can tell like you have uh, a sort of personality that's easy to gravitate to. It's easy to get along with. And um, you're like a, a person who's like really easy to trust. Like you can tell you have Thank like you. you don't have a, a bad bone in your body. Like you just have nothing but like good energy, you know. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all the questions. I had, I don't know if you had any other ones. Um, yeah, just a couple about the UN. Do you regret leaving the UN? Um, no. I think it was, like, the best thing that I could have done for, like, my mental health. Um, 
only because like as soon as I left and I had time to myself and there wasn't like all of that pressure to like work and do things like my life just became better like my life just became more enjoyable like now like well now it's a little different with the print shop but like it when I left it gave me the freedom to like do whatever I wanted if I wanted to go to Mexico for a week and hang out with my mom like I could if I wanted to go to like east coast and like hang out with my friends book a one way come back a month later like I could do that so it was a huge relief I mean as much as I loved being there as much as I loved like working with everybody and you know working with my partners and like all the friends that I made it was like work nonstop every single day so I'm I'm very happy that I was able to step away but still like maintain those relationships with everyone there so I know we talked a little bit before we actually turned on the podcast but uh you mentioned you don't have any you don't have a girl a wife or kids at the moment but kind of focusing in that now you kind of stepped away from where you're kind of needed every single day and physically mentally and now that you kind of have stepped away from that how important is it now to you like family or anything that you want to do now in your future life um well as far as like my family like i talk to my mom every day i live with my siblings so i i see them almost every day um as far as like family of my own i don't know maybe i have a kid one day and teach the teach him the ways if it happens it happens if not it's all good all right yeah. is there anything you want to say to your future child <laughs> just work hard <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> so you're gonna be that kind of dad you know yeah. I, actually yeah. i do i actually like that idea because you've seen how many people or how many how many people do you know that's never worked for something in their life and you see how they act what their values are what their morals are it's it's funny you say that because like we're actually looking into getting some more equipment yeah for the shop and there's two different businesses that i deal with like one is like super corporate these guys are like you know they have everything together there's another place that's like down the street for me and these guys are like family owned local whatever right and those guys got everything handed down from their grandfather or something and the the shopping experience there is like so bad like those guys never get back to you and i was just having that conversation with my partner today because for them it was like it was like their dad's shop that yeah. they got handed down it doesn't mean so they don't care yeah you know so if if i ever have a kid like he's like he's gonna have to work yeah earn it you know earn it like i i didn't i didn't have it easy growing up i had to figure it out so like it is what it is yeah you know Fair enough. All right. You got any closing thoughts? Anything else you want to you wanna talk about or share? That's it. Yeah. All right, man. Let the people know, I guess, where they can find you. I'm sure most people who are watching uh, this probably know. My personal know, is Instagram is uh, Cs91. Um, our shop Instagram, uh, board printing. So we specialize in screen printing, BTG, UDBV stickers, business cards, banners, I think in two weeks we start doing embroidery. So if if it's anything you wear, we can probably make it. And if we don't make it, we'll figure out a way to make it. So I like that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there so you have it. Me up, whatever you need. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, go ahead and follow the podcast. Uh, the Instagram is going to be at Real OTR Podcast on TikTok at On the Run Pod, Facebook page On the Run Podcast. My personal Instagram is at AKA BTG. Uh, follow my boy Alan at Ocho Benji, and we'll see y'all next week for another episode. Peace. Peace.